The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five. Top five movies. Top five movies. Hey everybody, welcome to Top Five Movies. I'm John Burke, and with me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. And this week on the episode, we're going to be looking at our top five favorite dynamic duos inspired by the release of Ant-Man and the Wasp this past week, um, a movie that I got to see and love very much and hope you two will go and check it out. But um, these are basically movies that feature a pair of heroes or buddies or maybe opposites working together for a common goal. So we'll be talking about our favorites and the uh, the pairing, you know, who they are, maybe who the actors are um, as we work through our list. Uh, we're just going to jump into it this week. Um, we have a little bit of a tight schedule, so we don't want to waste any time. Um, I'll be going first, followed by Corey, then Mike. Um, before we uh, get into our top five list, Corey? Guys, you can go to BurkeReviews.com and check out our list there. Otherwise, full steam ahead, you've been warned. Spoilers. And... As we do, we like to guess how many of Mike's films we will have seen. Uh, this one is extremely hard. I have no clue. Um, I feel obligated to let ladies go first. So, Corey, uh, oh. how many of Mike's movies do you think you've seen? One. I'm going to go safe and go two because I am apprehensive. When does she not guess one? I've done like two or three before. I've, you know, yeah, I've, one time I've guessed three time, three, if, and I don't remember if I got it. If I go first. <laughs> If I go first, I think she goes two. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you go one. Then. Exactly. <laughs> yes, because you have such an eclectic... Yeah, there's you know. no... In fact, I was... Uh, real quick, if you're a fan of buying movies, the Criterion Collection is on sale right now at Barnes & Noble, and I was browsing, Mike, and I found they had Sallow uh, on the Criterion, oh, so it's wow. half off. But I don't want to watch that, so I didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. what? No. What but I was talking? like, hey, I know what this movie is now. <laughs> um, all right, so I'll be going first, as I said. Um, I went kind of all over the place with my list, and my first movie is going to be one that no one else has seen unless you saw it at a film festival um, from this year. It's called Never Going Back. Uh, it's from 2018, as I mentioned. Um, it's directed by Augustine Frizzle and uh, stars Maya Mitchell and Camilla Marone, and it is um, a female buddy comedy um very much reminded me of friday in a lot of ways and i was kind of blown away by it it was super funny and um it's one that's coming out in august uh i don't know how wide of a release but it is an a24 film um so do keep your eyes out if you uh are in a an area that gets a lot of movies you will definitely be getting never going back in uh august with any luck everyone's gonna get it and it's one that everyone should check out it's two, like, 17-year-old, almost 18. I, it's really it's never 100% clear, but they're still kids. And um, it's just, like, a day in their life. Uh, some chaos happens. It's, uh, you know, it's really, really funny. I don't want to say too much because it, it would spoil the movie. And since we did give spoilers, but no one has probably seen this yet, unless you were, again, fortunate enough. I saw it at South by Southwest. I think it premiered at Sundance, and it's been at a few other festivals. Um but I, I got to see it at South By and was really blown away by it. So I went ahead and put it on my list. Um, it's one of my favorites from the year so far. So 
This is a very small film. I mean, I don't recognize any names. Yeah, it's predominantly uh, new new people. Um, and Augustine Frizzle, um, or Frizzell, I feel like it's Frizzell, and I'm going to be embarrassed later. Um, Frizzle, just, like Magic School Bus. She just got That's uh, what I picked. Think too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, she's directing an HBO series right now, though, after the success of this film. And um, she was at the uh, the screening that I saw the film, and you know, she opened it up and did a and A after. But um, it was funny because I I saw one of the last screenings at the festival, and apparently some critics had been kind of harsh about it. Um, and I I was like she she kind of brought up some of the criticisms, and she's like I'm not sure um, if you know the way they they approached it was the best. And I was kind of surprised because she seemed offended by like the criticism. But when I watched the movie, I was like, oh, well, I'm kind of offended by the criticism because I didn't see any of what they were talking about in the movie. Um, it's There is a sexuality to the film, but it is not over-sexualized. Um, and again, I just I thought the relationship, um, the fact that it was two female leads, because this is a genre that is very heavy with two guys. Um, you know, the buddy comedy, so to speak. You know, it's it's if you look through film history, I just mentioned Friday, and again, I do feel like Friday definitely inspire some of the relationship elements of this film but this this buddy comedy is very very heavy male centric so i thought it was uh refreshing to see a, a two young females um and there's it's really funny i laughed a lot through this movie so i wanted to bring it up and make people aware of it i my curiosity is peaked so i will have to uh, let me click the add to watch list the button. there you go all right Corey. Uh, we move on to you since I know I, I've put you guys in an awkward position where you have nothing to say about this movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way to go. Um, I struggled with this list, anyways. Um, I don't know. I struggle with every list. What's new? But as soon as I started thinking about this, the first thing that came to mind was Bernard and Miss Bianca from The Rescuers, oh. <laughs> which I. <laughs> it's kind of dumb, kind of childish. I don't know. I still love this movie. I don't watch it as much as I should. For as much as I love it, and I mean, it's a Disney cartoon from I don't even know when, but um, I just love it. And the crocodiles, and or the alligators, sorry, in the movie still, uh, I still remember being scared of them when I was a kid, and they were just trying to rescue a little orphan girl. So. 1977, and... Uh, oh, I thought it was older than that. Bob Newhart is Bernard, it, and Eva Gabor as Miss Bianca. Or, yeah. It feels older. It does. I think the art style. Yeah, I agree with that. The art style looks very old. Um, I, I, they, the Rescuers Down Under was one that came out when I was a kid. I think right, like that was the sequel. Yes. Um, I, I oh, remember yeah, that, that one. Um, I don't remember this one very much. I don't think I had this as a kid, and I don't know if I ever actually saw the original or not. I definitely saw Rescuers Down Under because I remember the uh, Happy Meal toys being something I was collecting at the time. Um, but oh. Uh, interesting 13 pull. years later yeah i thought it was uh pretty because I, I was 90 not born when this one came out and i was eight when the other one came out apparently but Jeez. okay see so everyone's talking about the incredibles but man the rescuers 13 years incredibles 14 years this is a no normal thing for disney to have these gaps mm -hmm. yeah sure. I, I feel like i don't know i really enjoyed the incredibles mm. uh too i thought it was fun oh yeah i had a blast with incredibles too and I'm sure I will if I ever make it to you there. You should make it and see it. Uh, and I at least much anymore. We can blame it on Big Sick, but I just 
loved that intro with them at the beginning, and it was mostly Holly Hunter. Like, we know it's been 14 years, so thanks for hanging in there, or whatever she says. Mm -hmm. I love that. I agree, and um, yeah, Big Sick has made me a huge Holly Hunter fan, which I realized after seeing the Big Sick how much of her movies I'd already seen and did never clicked. And now I'm like, yeah, oh, she's just. Terrific. Oh my gosh! I was gonna say she's. Yeah, I love her. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, fantastic. Um, dibs. I call oh, dibs. Uh, okay, that's. It's all you, buddy. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, Mike, did you do you have anything to add to the rescuers? Because again, I I don't think I've ever seen it. You really haven't. That's interesting. Um, I dip, You know, it's funny you pick an animated duo. Um, that's interesting. Uh, I'll just say that. Okay, there you go. A few words today. And uh, it's, it's not. A, it's a, not a negative thing. I'm just going through the process and it's coming up to my pick anyway so i can segue really well into that because this was not an easy list as we've all agreed and i actually wrote all my honorable mentions first Ah. because i'm like oh that one was that those are obvious picks uh those ones i've talked about those are ones i i want to give other ones a chance to shine so I, i i i sent them down i sent them down to the the double a farm or whatever the expression is in baseball because you know i don't do athletics very much <laughs> and and they i worked from there and then it was a process to try to get through i didn't even really have a whole lot of time to do notes but um i will say the other part too and you already you already hit the nail on the head most duos the way the climate of film is are going to be buddy buddy male yeah, you know, male male duos, and I don't know if I consciously sought to not follow that, but we'll we'll just go right into mine because, um, but that's got me thinking. The rescuers has me thinking on a couple of things. Well, because we'll, I don't want to give too much of my list away. So there okay. we are. So I went with Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny from oh. 2008's The X Files. I want to believe. Now there is a reason I went with that particular one because. For me, the original X-Files film, because that was the truth is out there, if I'm correct, right? I think so. I think so. Um, I, which I love. I love them both. And honestly, the resurgence of the TV uh, series back on Fox, just so fulfilling and satisfying to me. I really, because Fox is notorious for, uh, they did it to Firefly, they've done it to other series, well, they'll just have this vision and just totally sabotage it in some way or form and I feel there was a couple of years the X-Files where a little, you had a little, couple of rough patches with Chris Carter but ultimately I think Chris Carter was given a lot of free reign with his show and by the time we got to 2008 I cannot believe this was 10 years ago with I want to believe and have you both seen this one? No. Mm. What? I okay, think well, I've I want... only seen the first one. I've only seen season okay. one and two of the show, so I'm still way behind. Okay, well, and see, I think you almost have to, I think that, no, even the original film, uh, you, because I, I felt with that one, there was, it, it definitely seemed like, okay, well, we're going into just another TV, an extended TV episode. And this one didn't quite have that feeling to me. And they added, oh gosh, oh, let me dig up his name because he's he was good on head of the class, the Billy Connolly, uh, mm-hmm. and was yeah. not part of the duo, but it, the, the chemistry worked really well together. And at this point, Scully and Mulder had this history, and you get a lot up, which you're not into it in the series yet. It just really worked for me. They clicked. 
but at the very end, this is not spoil anything plot-wise, but there's a pan-out scene with Mulder and Scully on a rowboat, and you see them glance. This is, I remember seeing this in the theater, and when they glance up, they both wave at the camera. As oh. if because I, I think at that time they didn't know what was going to happen. That was their goodbye, and it was, it was like, oh, that's you know that's how I interpreted it. I don't know if I was the only one, but they both look up, and it's a very casual wave, and then it goes out, and it, it it goes out into you know the atmosphere and further and beyond, and then there's your end, and wow. credits, and it's just all around at this point, especially for people that were fan of the X Files just to see them on film and see because there's a, a lot of history that you've got to go into with by the time you get to that that film yeah that's i i've been meaning to watch the movies but i i know i need to really finish the series and i just i started the movie thing and the series got put to the back burner but i did love the first two seasons and if you are like me and you've not watched the x-files but you want to kamel nanjani who was in the big sick wrote the big sick um Obviously, uh, Rick fan. He's a big X Files fan. In fact, that's a joke in the Big Sick <laughs> film. But um, he has a podcast called The X Files Files, where he goes episode by episode, oh, has different I need to guests pick up on. on. That. Yeah, I, I was watching the show and listening to the podcast. I don't know if he ended up doing the entire thing. Um, he's gotten way more famous uh, since I started that podcast. So um, I don't know if he's still doing it. So like, or if he made it through all what eight seasons or seven seasons or whatever. Um, but he did get to appear on one of the new episodes uh, because of his podcast. Um, oh, that's so cool! Yeah, so like he got to live um, like a fantasy out. So Andrew Secunda and Matt Myra have Star Trek: The Next Conversation. They're mm-hmm. up to season three of the Next Generation series, and I think their plan is to eventually go through everything. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm glad they started Next Generation instead of. I don't want to drag on too long, but they just. I, I, I can see me liking the X Files files. Really well. I need to dig that up on my my podcast manager app in a yeah. second here. And it's uh, cool because Kamel went digging on like old forums and stuff. So like he'll pull up like reactions to the episodes from the time they came out. Um, oh, that he found like still like embedded online and stuff, which was really cool. To like you know this the early days of the internet, X Files was like one of the more popular topics. Um, you know, which makes sense of who the fans are and who would be using the internet in the early nineties. So. Um, but let's not dwell too long because we do have, again, a little bit of a time crunch today. So um, my number four pick uh, is a, a sports movie, which is funny because Mike was just talking about sports not being his thing. But this is one of my favorites, White Man Can't Jump um, from 1992. Yeah. Oh, that's such a nice. That, that's <laughs> such a good one. <laughs> Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson, I think, are a terrific buddy combination. They did Money Train after this movie because they got along so well. But I love their dynamic in this film. They're they're enemies but they're best friends and they're opposites and they're similar um but they're both basketball players it's got some of my favorite basketball hustling scenes um (laughs) rosie perez is one of her better performances um definitely and you know the whole thing with jeopardy is great like i just i really really enjoyed this movie for most of my life i saw it in the theater as a kid because i love basketball yeah i love basketball so i was allowed to go watch this even though it's a very r uh um and I, I've seen it. I can't even tell you how many times. It's a movie I, I love. And when looking at this, um, I didn't struggle to come up with movies. I struggled to figure out which five I wanted to put in my top five. Uh, I have a lot of honorable mentions. I'll skip through them. I won't do all of them when we get there. But um, And like you said, for the most part, I tried to leave a couple of the obvious ones off. I did let, allow myself my number one to be what could be an obvious pick if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, <laughs> but I tried to keep the other four a little more obscure. 
and while White Man Can't Jump would not be obscure, it was a it was a blockbuster of sorts. Uh, it's one that I think has maybe people have forgotten about. I think it holds up. It's I mean it's it's definitely gonna have some '90s stuff in it. There's probably I wouldn't be surprised if there's some homophobic type references in it. Um, maybe the fashion. <laughs> the fashion definitely does not hold up. Uh, the his Wesley Snipes hat with the bill flipped up is one of the funniest things. I'm like I've yes. never known anyone to wear a hat like that. But, <laughs> um, and the tank tops well, and the okay. spandex. Yeah. It, it's, I'll be honest. Rosie Perez typically grates on me. She was perfect in that role. It yeah. was like that was her. That would. Yeah, she was mm-hmm. the most palatable in that one. I mean, she's she's great in Do the Right Thing too, but she's barely in Do the Right Thing. As far as like, she's a prominent character in this, and there's some great scenes. I love the talking about Jimi Hendrix, and the, there's the talk about racism in an interesting way because you have this dynamic of a white guy and then a black guy, and then they're not afraid to like touch on those differences and, and talk about the cultural differences and the whole conversation about um, you can't hear Jimmy like that uh, just I, I think the movie's maybe underrated because it's a basketball movie like it's a really good buddy story um, you feel for Woody Harrelson he's a flawed character but um, yeah I, I love this movie I, I still I, I'm kind of wanting to rewatch it after talking about it so much so white man can't jump I want to rewatch it after you talk about it okay <laughs> yeah a good pull good pull because I've right. forgotten yes. about that one Good, awesome. Uh, yeah, I mentioned this. I was at uh, uh, Miller Alehouse for the UFC fight on Saturday night with uh, some of my friends, and um, I was talking about the list that you know I was making and uh, brought up White Man Can't Jump, and the table was like, "Oh my god, that's perfect." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah all right, all right, good. I think I've got a good pull here." Um, Corey, what's your number four? Okay, I can talk about this movie because we just watched it for Movie Club, um, oh. and you think um, I chose Dirk and Reed from Boogie Nights. Oh, okay. Oh, which man. It's kind of a weird one and I really liked your, you know, like what you brought up when we were talking about it for Movie Club that even their initial meeting, they could they're like trying to one up each other, but yeah. it's still kind of friendly. Yeah. And then like Reed isn't really an attractive guy, but they end up being really good friends and neither of them feels um like they don't yeah. feel intimidated or Wait yeah, a minute, are you saying there's an ugly friend in duos? There's always a, a, a good-looking one? and a... <laughs> No! Oh, not I always. mean, in this, in this case, where Reed could feel like, um, like his, in jeopardy, his job, or like his standing within this, I don't know if you want to call it a company, but could be, <laughs> you know, because of this really good-looking guy, Dirk, but he never is like that at all. He never becomes non like not confident in himself and in case you are listeners do not know uh dirk diggler is played by mark Wahlberg, and reed is played by john c Riley. so um what? no just to make sure that you get the uh the visual comparison no offense john um, <laughs> but yeah. let's be real like Wahlberg's yeah. kind of makes every guy look a little fugly so <laughs> um yeah um, Corey, i didn't even think about this movie but yeah because it's uh they do they do kind of break off too as the movie progresses and have their own buddy story of them trying to you know achieve a goal like the, their band and stuff so oh my gosh and when he well, sings so much from transformers oh. <laughs> oh, and then they get mixed up in bad things alfred alfred molina who plays a psycho in that one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, loosely based on the one character that John Holmes run into in real life. Anyway, yeah, uh-huh. also also a good pull. Yeah, a lot a lot of that 
it's probably taken a little bit from John Holmes' life, a little bit. Mm, interesting. I did not know that, but I'm not surprised. PTA is a, a pretty talented guy, so... Um, yeah. I mean, we watched a movie about porn stars, so... Yeah, but it's, I mean, it wasn't really about porn stars. It's not, right? Like, um, it's the. Yeah. Fa- I mean, it sets the frame for it, but I mean, they're tr- they're humanized. It's not like, I mean, Nina Hartley plays Nina Hartley pretty much. Um, so it's really like, about family, though. Yes, yes, definitely. They're, they're all alienated from other, like their real families, and they find a home in this group of people, and it's that's what's so compelling about that movie to me was. It, it on the surface it looks like oh this is just some exploitation porn film, and it's not at all. It's, it, it's more than that. It's more than that. Um, yeah, and I time. mean, think about the way Julianne Moore is with Heather Graham's character. That's like the mother daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that Don way Cheadle. Dirty. Yeah, yeah. Relationship with her. Yeah, yeah. even though it's really creepy because like she it's, treats it, him like a son and they have sex, so it's like okay. Um, but yeah, it is. Made it, you made it weird, Bert. Well, it's weird. It was already weird. Yeah, it I was awkward watching the movie. Yeah. I was uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. But, yeah. But, I'm glad I was not there for the viewing because it is there are some awkward scenes. There are, for sure. And I um, definitely feel bad for little Bill. And then, um, oh. The, oh, the, yes. That was, I was not expecting that. No. Um, and, oh, the, the late uh, Seymour, uh, Philip Seymour, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah. yeah. Just oh, trying that's... to cling on, you know, being, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on in it, and people don't, you know, he's, you're right, that PT, Paul Thomas Anderson is, yeah. Yeah, yeah I wish that was my, like, my original observation, but yeah, he is a, he's a genius. Mike, what is your number four? All right, so now I'm moving into, okay, so I just took it duos, I'll just go with it, and this was a, one I've recently watched again, and it always sticks in my mind, and I just had a moment with someone where I'm like I literally quoted the part where I asked if they'd ever listened to the shins and they <gasps> had asked okay. and then I said you know I told them that'll change their life and that's how I was introduced to uh, what's that band we were just talking about Vlo Vlo Volbeat Volbeat thank you and then that they said that was their life changing band so I'm like oh okay anyway all that to say I went with Natalie Portman and Zach Braff in Garden State from 2004 nice. as Samantha and Andrew Largeman, uh, just to watch them together and just the from the initial I just can't help but giggle at the initial meeting between the two of them that he she has no idea why he is you know he's running late to his doctor's appointment and has a run-in with a German shepherd CNI dog that gets very attached to him so to speak and <laughs> she's just kind of, I mean she has this reaction that any of us would have and laugh and you know he's like can you you know got any suggestions here and she very bluntly tells him what to do because she knows what it's like to have big dogs and if she did not kick them where she says to kick them (laughs) she wouldn't get anything done just these it goes from there and then there's at the end a moment where they both mutually agree to leave where they're at at an ellipsis and then, you know, the first time, I'm like, this is what's going to happen because they've gone through this whole thing and now he's leaving. And, and then it goes, you know, you're, that's what you think is going to be the end. And then one of the qualities for films for me, or, and I feel that you guys would agree, is you don't want it to end. You want to know what happens further with these characters. And I've always 
wanted to know what ended up with Sam and Andrew. Mm, true. Yeah, and that's definitely a movie that leaves you uh, thinking about it is always one that will stay in the in the forefront of your mind when you're looking at lists like this, especially. Um, yeah, I, I really like that film. That's an interesting one because they. I, I try to avoid romance and... I think the romance comes late enough where it is more of a buddy comedy at first. Like, they're exploring right. life, and then the the love story kind of follows from that. But, um... I mean, given the time period of the... that You know, in the, in the film, it happens really quickly, but it just... I don't know, it just felt very natural. It's like, wow, that's how, you know, people would meet, and... Well, and that that is the interesting thing about these um, buddy stories is that they are love stories, but they're not romantic love stories, right? Platonic. Yeah, uh, but they they are often two people who think they have nothing, no way they can get along, and then you watch that relationship build, or like in Never Going Back or um, Friday, we join an existing relationship and we just kind of see, you know, a day in that relationship. It's already, the friendship's already there, but um, we see how they they clash and how they manage despite their differences to always kind of come back and be there for each other. And that kind of leads into uh, my next movie, which I've done this again, guys, I'm sorry, but this is another movie neither of you have seen and most of the world has not seen yet because um, I saw it at South by Southwest and it is from 2018, uh, Blind Spotting, uh, starring David Diggs and Raphael Casal and is also co-written by these two guys. And if you're not familiar with David Diggs, um, he got super famous from Hamilton. He was on the Broadway uh, mm. performance. Um, he is an up-and-comer, and this movie uh, blew me away. It's currently in my top 50 all-time movies, and it is currently sitting at my number one spot for this year. Um, it was my favorite movie that I've seen so far. It comes out this month. Um, I don't know how wide of a release it's going to have. I'm hoping for a very wide one, because uh, I think everyone should see this film. But it actually debuted at Sundance. Um, came to South by Southwest. The guys were actually there when I saw it. Um, I could not, like, it, it is such a funny movie, and yet it deals with some very poignant issues of right now, and it has a lot to say, and it says it in some very cool, artistic ways. Um, it's directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada. Um, I believe he's he was more of a music video director prior to this, and uh, that shows at moments there's some really cool stylistic elements in this film but what i think really works why it's number three on my my dynamic duo is these guys are best friends in real life from what i gather like they wrote the script together they've been working on this project for a long time and i think david's uh found newfound fame gave them the leverage to get it made and um the opening sequence alone is so funny they're sitting in a car uh the premise david Diggs' character colin has three days left until he's off probation and through the course of the film you find out why he's on probation so i won't reveal that because i do think that's part of the story um but this movie is about their relationship and uh the impact they have on each other um you have a black guy and a white guy uh living in oakland now and um you know they they're born and raised there and it, it deals with gentrification i mean the movie is brilliant in so so many ways um super engaging super fun and yet uh there was a moment where i i got chills and was left kind of like stunned silence of what i was watching and just awed um walked out of the theater just blown away and i've been wanting to talk more about this movie but like no one i know has seen it yet because it's not out in wide release so I'm, i'm waiting for this month for 
hopefully more people I know to have finally had uh, their chance to see it and to have these conversations I want to have about it. But um, I think their relationship stands uh, very strong amongst all of the film history duos, and I think it's partly because they were really friends. So the script, they wrote the characters to be probably like, you know, not necessarily exactly how their relationship is, but probably, you know, mirrored some of it. Um, so, blind spotting from 2018, my number three. Uh, Corey, I guess we'll just move into yours. <laughs> well, I know him from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I was uh, like, I know oh, that guy. Okay. I was I only in a few episodes, and then he just disappeared, which made me sad, but... Well, he's also... Yeah. He, he plays the yeah, teacher in uh, Wonder from this past year with Julia Roberts and... Uh, oh, Owen Wilson and Jacob Tremblay. Um, he plays the teacher. Doesn't get a lot to do there, and he is on a commercial for one of the uh, money sending services, like a new PayPal. I can't think of what it's called, but um, where he's like rapping about this app. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's great. So um, check it out, guys. Corey, what is your number three? Well, I just recently rewatched the there are two uh, films. So I went with Wayne and Garth, and Garth is my personal favorite. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wanted know to put don't them. Like the second one. I wanted. To, I don't either. I do not understand why people don't like the second one. I love the second one. Um, I wanted to put that on my list, but I've talked about Wayne's World several times. So I'm glad it's on your list because, come on, it's Wayne and Garth, man. Like they're best buds. They go through everything together. Um, Wayne's World 2 is even more focused on their relationship and, like, Garth, you know, becoming his own person, not just doing what Wayne says. Like, it's it's great dynamic. Uh, I know Mike has seen these as well. I barely remember the second one. I probably should watch it again, but I did love the first one. And, yeah, I mean, they are iconic. They... I'm trying to think. What did I just... I just saw a Garth figure of some sort. And I was, it, it was kind of like a... You were like in my a, truck. It's it's the air freshener Corey got me. No 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 no. no. <laughs> I want to say it was a vinyl. I remember seeing that because I'm like I looked at it. I did that my head to the oh, okay. side. Thing. I was like okay. I did see that, but I did, I think it was on because I've been on a meme meme hunt ah. uh, just to, because it's my break time and I can do that. And I didn't grab a screen cap of it because it was kind of scary because <laughs> it was like an exaggerated you know. Uh, uh, version of Garth. But anyway. You did make me think though. Funko Pop. I want my Wayne and Garth vinyls, please. What's going on? How, How long ago not... did you order them? They don't exist. I'm saying oh. why don't oh. they exist? They, What's going on? Yet made. People will buy them. Mm-hmm. Oh. They're doing Saturday Night Live characters. How do we not have Wayne and Garth? Come on, Pop. Mike Myers is like, nah, nah. I don't want my likeless. Mike, can... I'm pretty sure right now. Mike Myers will take any money that he can get. So, <laughs> I don't know if they get money for those. Maybe it's Dana Carvey. Maybe Dana Carvey's holding out. Mm, maybe, but let's make that a thing, Funko. I want Wayne and Garth. Um, they have Tommy Boy pop vinyls, you know? Like, how do we not have Wayne's World? Yeah, you can get Tommy and Richard pop vinyls. Where's Wayne Dang and Garth? Alright, um, I love that pick, Corey. So, definitely a good dynamic duo. Uh, they get... Um, a lot of credit and that's the second one that started off as a TV character turned film because the X-Files is the same way uh, Mike what do you have for number three for number three I believe you I feel like you guys will think I would have had this at a higher number 
It was tough not making them my number one, but here we are anyway. I went with Kurt Russell and Dennis Dunn from 1986's Big Trouble in Little China. Nice. And we just had, thank you, we just had that conversation, which uh, when it comes, because that's in a couple of weeks here, I do want to see it at yep. that one theater. Uh, we just had that little bit in the conversation where we get to see this snapshot of these two characters during this time period. Clearly, uh, Jack Burton and Wang have had a history before they didn't just meet you know they've been friends for a while and they get thrown into this crazy absurd situation you know he's picking he's picking up he's helping his buddy out giving him a ride to the airport to pick up his fiance who's been saving money to bring over from the you know his uh, from China and then they get into their way over their head and i i have loved this film i i, I didn't I, I know that i wasn't aware of john carpenter's involvement until later because I, I when i was watching it originally i had no you know i wasn't really paying attention to that stuff and it's it's grown to be a cult classic at this point but yes i know i know he he agrees um or lady, right? Huh. Yeah. Anyway, um, the, the, to me, these two just are always going to be friends, and I just, uh, I wish we'd gotten more Jack Burton <laughs> stories. I know there's comics, comics that are attributed to the, uh, you know, you you've helped, you've gotten me a figure. I've got a couple other little things. Mm-hmm. I I really love these characters and yeah. I love this cheesy 80s not quite easily put into one single genre film action I guess sci-fi a little yeah. bit of both it's IMDB has it as action adventure comedy so who knows yeah. man yeah. it's definitely it's got some sci-fi of... stuff in it and fantasy for sure um you know it's got like... the black blo- black blood of the earth yeah, it's such a such a cool movie. I remember as a kid, my grandpa loved this, and I, I don't think I got it as a kid. Um, and I rewatched it. I don't know. It's probably been ten years now that I first rewatched it, like as an adult, and was like, "Oh my god, this is so much fun!" Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see it on the big screen. Um, okay, uh, Corey, have you seen Big Trouble? I have. Not a fan from the sound of it. I think it. it's too much of a man's movie for me. Sorry, ah. guys. <laughs> what? There's some strong Kim Cattrall's character is such a strong. I mean, or maybe is... what's the other no I think that it was this one that I saw this one's pretty wild like there's like a guy shooting lightning out of his fingers and like it's, um, it's very fantasy kung fu film almost in some ways and um, he fights three guys in the alley with this semi yes yep. that's the okay because I know that isn't there another film in the series no but no. Uh, Escape it's, from right, New York no. is maybe the other oh, one. Oh, that's what I might be thinking of but I haven't seen that so it is this one I've seen okay sorry guys okay. Well, I mean, it's a loosely associated film with Buckaroo Banzai across oh. the Eighth Dimension. Very loosely, there was supposed to be some sort of connection, but uh, that's I'm working off of memory. It's been a long while. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, now I have to do some digging. Um, my number two pick uh, is still kind of new, but it's from 2016, and it's I think the first one where it features a kid and an adult. And I went with Hunt for the Wilder People from... Uh, oh, I thought of doing this one! And I was yeah. like, I talk about that movie too much. Good thing. And Sam Neill, Julian Dennison, uh, Heck and Ricky. 
unlikely duo. They do not expect to be together, and things put, the, you know, circumstances put them together and on the run, which makes their relationship all the more intense because they're they're gonna get agitated. Ricky is not an outdoorsy kid, and now he's living on in the woods, and like everything is tough and challenging. Um, you even get their their pairing of the dogs with you know like that's kind of got its own buddy comedy going on. Um, I, I feel like this is Taika's kind of uh, attempt of a buddy movie, and it, it's amazing. It's brilliant. It's super fun. Um, it's one that I like to be an advocate for because it's not one everybody has heard of. And if you saw Thor Ragnarok and thought that was funny, same director, same writer here, and I can't stress enough, you need to watch Hunt for the Wilder People. Sam Neill is so good and it does it's reminiscent of jurassic park in some ways because you have that kind of grumpy adult on you know and it's the same doesn't actor, like obviously, kids. who doesn't really like kids forced to be with that's kids. what happened that's why he's not in the new jurassic park films he retired yeah he new went zealand. to new zealand <laughs> um, it's it, so funny i rewatched this not too long ago because i really love that movie um hunt for the wilder people and then i'm in the middle watching Jurassic Park right now. Oh, nice. Because Bill just won't commit to watching the other half. Um, but it's so funny just seeing him so young, and he is still kind of that same mm-hmm. character. And Julian Dennison obviously shows up in uh, this year's Deadpool 2. Um, so yep. if you saw Deadpool 2 and you're like, that kid's funny, well, another reason to go watch Hunt for the Wilder People because he is kind of so the same character, funny. except he doesn't have superpowers. But um, uh, some of this I, dialogue he says in Deadpool 2 is like straight out of this movie. I shared not that long ago when I was wearing my Deadpool shirt and at the orthodontist and they asked about it and I parlayed that. I I talked up Hunt for the Wilder People to those people. I had at least three or four people really interested in it and I'm like, Yes, because not a whole lot of people have seen it, and more people should. Yeah. You're missing uh, out. It's so funny. Um, yeah, there's so many great scenes, and I, I taught this the the same year it came out. After I watched it, and I was like, I have to show my students because they're going to love this movie. And it was so great because initially I think they were all apprehensive. And then, like, uh, the scene early in the film where uh, it's his birthday and um, the woman is singing, uh, Bella is singing the Happy Birthday Ricky Baker song. You know, it's, <laughs> I, I, you just saw everyone in the room, like, connect immediately. Like, this is the best thing ever. And, um, yeah, it, it won that year. My class voted it for their favorite movie that we watched for the year. So We didn't um, even... I don't think we even mentioned that they're both like trying to work through that loss too. I, right, I did. Right. Yeah, and it is early. Uh, Bella dies very, very early in the film, um, and that's why they're put together, and why they're forced to run because uh, Heck called uh, the child services to pick him up. I love child services too, just because he's he's such a bad kid. He's wanted for spitting and <laughs> kicking things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Um, that's so my good. number two, uh, and that was a change. Um, I decided to put that on as my number two uh, because I, I just I love that dynamic between the two characters, and you see both of them take on characteristics of the other character, and I, I love that. Um, all right, that's my two. Uh, let's go to Corey. What do you got? Okay, guys, I have Spock and Kirk from oh. the Star Trek reboot. Ah, the, the first Star Trek reboot. Um, I would say all of them, but yeah. Okay. Um, well, no, these with Zachary Quinto and no, now yeah, I'm that's what that's what I meant. I I, okay. I wasn't sure if you meant Star Trek or Into Darkness or Beyond, which are the it three, could, uh, the three any. films. Oh, okay. we'll go with the first one. Um, I love them so much together, and I really like 
Zachary Quinto as a uh, Spock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He's. They're Spock. just so opposite. And mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. I- I'll be honest, I liked the reboot. I, I really enjoyed it. But if we're going Spock and Kirk, I'm sticking with Shatner and Nimoy. Nimoy because, I, I, well, I mean, again, they came from the original Star Trek, the cheesiness, and it did not immediately cross over in Star Trek The Motion Picture. I think that was 79, 77, 79. But by the time The Wrath of Khan, Star Trek Two came around, and, and see, because... Uh, into darkness yeah. really I mean I couldn't forgive that they outright lied and said it was not going to be con it was con and that has already been done why do that when they were doing so well you know yeah. what I mean with it was a the reboot attempt of a twist um, yeah well they there was so much they could have done I I again I do appreciate the new franchise not to take away from it but I, I feel more invested with Shatner and Nimoy which I actually I had a conversation and they were the person was not a Shatner fan. I'm like, oops. Maybe they've heard and, some of those really bad recordings he's made. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but I think it's more more the the stories of pompousness and whatnot. Because I'll be honest, I've read. I can tell you all the biographies I've read. I've read the two different Nimoy ones. I've read at least one Shatner one, the George Takai one, Nichelle Nichols. Uh, I don't know that I've read a Walter Koenig one. So I, I'm telling you, I'm way invested, and that's why I'm like, I don't yeah. know that I could go with the. Uh, eh, I watched the show when I was a kid, and it just never, you know. So I do have to credit J.J. Abrams probably for bringing a lot of people, including myself. Chris Pine, were, um, a wrinkle in time notwithstanding, because I've rented and ended up not even watching. No one in my house wanted to watch it. It's like they had this feeling, a bad feeling about it, and they're not the only ones. Um, he is real. Everyone really was really good in it, so it's tough for me not to like the choice. Mm-hmm. So there we are. I like it. I want. I like Bones um, and Kirk a little more. Yeah, he was. So, he was. He played him so well, man. I, a, Carl Urban is, I think, a severely underused un- talent. Yes, of, underrated. Dread was terribly. So so I mean, it was terribly overlooked. Yeah, so and overlooked. I know there are Stallone fans that feel he is the Dread, but no, no, not Carl at all. Carl Urban became Judge Dread, and Olivia Thirlby was so just a good. Ca- oh, mm, that's a good duo right there. Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah, see, there you go. Um, oh, Demolition Man. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Sandy B and Stallone, man. All right. I just love her so much, um, Olivia Thirlby. And I always forget the name of the movie. Uh, dang it. She, it's five to seven. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, great movie. Great, great Anton Yelchin film. Um, uh, just, I finally fun, finished Odd Thomas, and oh, I want to watch it again. Yeah. Did, uh, I, did you not I, cry? Like, at the, like, I, I, like, I managed to keep myself together. I was. Oh, I lost uh, it. Me too. During that time when I, oh, how could you not? Uh, I mean, I, I was just like, because I, I knew what. Well, that's where spoiler reading spoilers helped me. Ah. Uh, that I'm, I'm like, okay, okay. But the fact is that we're never going to see another Odd Thomas film when With there's so many Odd Thomas stories. Yeah, well, true. They probably didn't perform like they wanted them to. Wanted it to. It's just. For what I, it was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a real fun movie, and he's he's always great, and it's such a tragedy that he's gone. But yeah, all right, let's go to Mike's number two. 
This was another one that I I know I've talked about. I ended up putting it on the list because I have no cares about it. I feel that this is a solid pick for me. And it definitely defines me as, well, because let's see, it came out in 86. River Phoenix and Will Wheaton in Stand By Me. Ah. And yes, there were the other two characters. However, these two characters were the main. Uh, Gordy and um, Ch- Chris Chambers were the main part. I mean, they're the ones that stayed together. And even through the, the epilogue, you know that, you know, what happens and uh, I've talked up the body. I didn't realize that the body itself was printed separately. There's someone I follow on Instagram that has gone through all these Stephen King's uh, stories, and I've lent out. I lent out my copy that has the compilation of short stories that includes the body. I'm like, okay, this is to one of my freshmen who showed some interest in horror. I'm like, really? They hadn't read it. They hadn't read The Mist. Like these two. I want them back, but I could probably find extras, and if I do, then they're yours. Because, but the st- the, the, the the just that coming of age story and these two teens. Uh, I remember going. You know, we had we had these buddies that you think are going to be your friends forever, and just like the line says, you never have friends like you do when you were twelve, and that that they just stuck with me. I really need to rewatch this film. Like I saw it as a kid. I probably seen it again, but it's been a long time and I have very little recollection of it. I just know it's been culturally referenced dozens of times and I am aware what it's referencing, but I need to sit and watch this movie. Um I bought it a while back on Blu-ray and I just I have not rewatched it and I I need to make an effort to do so. I love it so much. It's it's Stephen King is again one of those writers you in your mind think all he's good at is horror and he can do so much more yeah i know i know people who don't like his horror but really enjoy his dramas uh, i mean that's interesting i mean but, oh, I, i'm a little behind i want to read mr mercedes which is a new one and there's i know there's a sequel to the shining and there's another one i just saw at walmart uh, the big chain place but I've forgotten what it is. It sounded interesting. It's just like, I got so much to read. But anyway. Well, I think that should segue into our number one. So um, there's a lot of obvious choices that I could have made here. But um, when I looked back through, there was one that stood out to me as this is my favorite buddy duo. And they've done three movies together. But I think this film is the one where their relationship is the most important aspect of the film. And it's Hot Fuzz from 2007. <laughs> um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Uh, they are an amazing buddy duo. I could have gone Shaun of the Dead, but I feel like that movie is more focused on his relationship with the girl and how his friends, his friendship affects that relationship. And then World's End, which is actually my favorite of the trilogy, um, I feel like is focused on the whole group, even though it does center around the two guys. They The end as a third guy as a major element to it. So I felt like the dynamic of the two was not the focus. Where here, this is the one movie where we see their friendship start. The other two movies, they're already friends. Um, one is they, they're they currently friends, roommates even, and World's End, they are estranged friends who reconnect. This is a film where they the friendship blossoms. We see it, uh, the initial meeting, and how they are so opposite, uh, especially in Hot Fuzz. 
Um, and of course, it parodies other films that I could have had on this list, including uh, one that might be on one of yours. So I'll hold off to mention it. But um, one of the, I would say, the first buddy cop movies of all time. Um, this movie kind of parodies that in a lot of ways. And but I'm such a fan of these two guys together. Um, I could have even gone with the not so loved Paul because I do like Paul. I think <laughs> Paul is very funny, and again, it's because of these two guys. But um, Hot Fuzz focuses so much on their relationship and um, both of them learning to be better people. Uh, Nicholas Angel, Simon Pegg's character, learns to you know, lighten up a little bit as a result of Danny. And Danny learns to be a better police officer as a result of um, be- being connected with this uh, you know, fascist, I believe is the term that's thrown at him <laughs> a few times in the film. Um, wow. And uh, not for me. It's literally in the movie. But, um, yeah, yeah. It is uh, such, it's such a great film. The more I rewatch Hot Fuzz, the more I appreciate it. Um, it was initially not one I loved when I f- the very first viewing, and on subsequent viewings, I've just fallen so so head over heels with this movie. Um, and Edgar Wright, who is my favorite director, and he just this just works for me. So um, again, there's tons of of buddies I could have put at my number one, but I went with this one because I really do. I, I hold these two in such high regard in so many ways, both as actors and as characters and as Edgar Wright creations. So Hot Fuzz 2007. Uh, can't go wrong. I mean, they're great, so I, I can't talk badly about them. <laughs> Nor should you. Uh, You're right. I should not. Corey, you have anything? No, I should rewatch this one. Definitely. I, I highly I recommend still need re-watching. to watch Paul. Paul... Paul is not for everybody, but I find Paul very funny. Kristen Wiig's in Paul, by the way. I, was I don't know if you know that. Just about to say it doesn't. Kristen Wiig, you've used that as a selling point before. I've yes. seen it big time. And Jason Bateman's in it, who I'm a fan of. Uh, Bill Hader is also in it. Uh, oh yes, I so love him too. there's some really good stuff in it. Uh, it's stupid, but I, I just I always found a lot of joy in it. Sometimes but it's okay. good, stupid. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just Agreed. there are people that really dislike it. Yeah, there are right. Like there's a lot of hate for Paul. And I don't get why there's hate. I get why you don't like it, but like, why do you hate it? Like, calm down. I mean, I don't know. Um, it, it, you know, they it starts off at Comic Con in San Diego, and then they travel down. Jane Lynch has a cameo that's really funny, but she's not in it very long. Um, all right, that's it. Uh, number one, hot fuzz for me, Corey. What about you? Okay, guys. Um, so like I said, I struggled really hard with this, and I know I've talked about this movie before, but I love it so much, and all of the ones that have come after it just haven't lived up to the spookiness and absolute I'll say terror it scared me and it's fun to see in the theater and it's fun to see with other people I chose Ed and Lorraine Warren from The Conjuring oh interesting even though apparently in real life they were crackpots and con artists is what I've read but uh, they're demonologists and they're really trying to help the Perrin family and we're you know, I love Vera Farmanga, Farminga, and uh, now I'm forgetting his Patrick name. Wilson. I always forget his name. I'm the worst. Thank Patrick you. Wilson, yeah. Yes, I love them together. Um, yeah. It's an I interesting didn't... pick. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected them. Yeah, but it, it makes sense because while they are a married couple, the movie only a little bit dabbles with the love they have. Um, it's definitely a part of it, but it's more about their their collaboration in, in the work environment that they have. Uh, created for themselves apparently in real life truly created for themselves um but uh yeah they they play off each other really well in the movies and um they they have their professional i think in the second movie i think it gets a little more into their 
their love, but what'd you say? On your and point? oh, because I couldn't hear you, it kind of cut out for a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, it cut out for like a quick second. Um, Oops. And also, so like they're how different they are in that relationship. Like she's a clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's interesting. Yeah, they they need each other. They're opposites, yet they're they're driven towards the same goal. It meets it meets the criteria. So I, I say that works. Um, and I like those movies. I like the first one way more mm-hmm. though. The second one, there's some some of the choices they do with like the uh, the Slender Man looking guy, the Crooked Man, I think is what they called him. Um, I think I, so. I didn't like that that part of it. Um, I still liked it, but then Annabelle creation just kind of. I don't know. I like the creation. I didn't like Annabelle, but I like. Oh, creation. maybe. Oh no 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 Annabelle. Which one takes place in the orphanage or whatever? The. The I think that's creation. That's the one that came out last. Yeah, that wasn't my favorite. Then sorry. Oh well, you're wrong, but I, that's okay. Um. Next up, bye. <laughs> Same director from Lights Out, Corey. Come on. Um. All right. Well, fine. Uh, Mike. What's your number one, bub? All right. Uh, we'll see if you guys are surprised. I went with this duo, an odd one as well for me. Uh, Natalie Portman and John Reno in 1994's The Professional. I'm not oh, surprised. Um, I haven't seen this. I considered this one, actually, and I kind of wish I had put it on my list. But um, I just watched this. Uh, the This was my last movie of 2016 when I did the challenge. This is what I ended. I watched it on New Year's Eve uh, for the first time and, and liked it very much. There's only a couple little spots that are a little, cons- you know, disconcerting, but mm-hmm. um, uh, overall, just this relationship that you see from its initial uh, beginning and to what happens with them, then uh, I cannot believe, let's see, she was 13 uh, when it was released, probably 12 when she was filming. I just, I'm in awe. Gary Oldman's amazing in it. Uh, Luke Besson. You know, I wish he continued to have made films like this, but he does not. And now he's awful because I believe he was accused yeah. of rape uh, recently. So, oh, Lord. Yeah, uh, it's. I guess you know that seems to be a horrible trend um, with people that are talented, uh, or at least what he was talented. Um, but yeah, uh. I mean, and this movie, uh, Columbina, is the kind of spiritual yes, it's sequel, like a right? spiritual successor yes definitely i agree with that I, I could see that if they'd gotten the people back mm-hmm. um, i mean not john reno obviously yeah but... no spoilers um which we gave a warning for but uh yeah, yeah. um yeah this is a good pick because it, it kind of it's not the same as hunt for the wilder people obviously but we do have that dynamic again of the adult and child duo um the the teacher and the mentor so to speak and um, and again, they are teaching each other something, right? Like they both learn from one another because mm-hmm. um, he is, uh, he's an assassin. He's not used to having company at all. Um, and then having to learn how to kind of be a father to a young girl, you know, and like deal with some of her, because he's trying to teach her to be a hitman, but she's not a hundred percent committed to that at all times. You know, like the scenes where that they do like the, the t- talent show or like the dress up talent oh, show. Uh, I mean, the charade. Uh, yes. Oh man. Those scenes are so good. Um, and his his taking care of the plant, which you know transcends into his kind of initial taking care of her. It's like I just feed her, and then she'll be fine, right? Like that's all. Like, <laughs> I'll just feed and water her, and yeah, then that's it. That's it. You you wash them off, and then you that's that you move on exactly. Um, well, um, nobody had uh, the most obvious. I think that could have been on this list. 
um, which it looks like I'm guessing all of us left off, but Han and Chewie. Um, uh, yeah, I have it as an honorable mention. Yeah, it could have been from um, any of the. the yeah, films. I have them. I, have um, I, I would have gone with Solo, to be honest, because I think that's where it's really their buddy story. Um, but uh, any of the films, their duo is definitely strong. But um, I left them off. The most obvious one for me, which originally was my number two, and I opted to take it off, was Lethal Weapon, Danny Glover, and Mel Gibson. I almost did that because I just watched uh, at least two or three of them this week. Yeah, again. and uh, Shane Black wrote this character and is credited by many with the buddy cop genre um that he created it hot fuzz parodies that in some ways and uh definitely worthy of uh listing um i'll real quick power through ev- pretty much every kevin smith movie except for chasing mm-hmm. amy and you could mm-hmm. argue chasing amy but i feel like chasing amy is more of a triangle love story um but like mall rats is very heavily based on the, the buddy duo the clerks one and two jane silent bob strike back even dogma the buddy story is really with the angels, right? Affleck and, and Damon are the buddies mm-hmm. and how they get each, each other into trouble. Um, I had two Paul Rudd movies. Uh, I Love You, Man, with Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd. I think that is probably the best buddy love story in existence. Um, and then Role Models, Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott, I think it's just absolutely fantastic. Um, real quick to knock some others out. Nice Guys, Friday, Back to the Future, um, 21 Jump Street, Keanu, which is the Keegan, Michael Key, <laughs> Jordan Peele. Um, and then uh, another movie you haven't seen called The New Romantic. With It's a another female buddy story, Jesse Barden and Haley Law. And then um, one that is, I think, the most interesting on my honorable mentions. It's I'm calling it The Trip Trilogy, which is Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Uh, it's, they're playing themselves, uh, going on a trip to various restaurants. And it's just them kind of sitting and having dinner and making a bunch of jokes. Um, but you get a little bit about their friendship and, like, uh, I don't know. I felt like it was a worthy kind of – if you haven't seen The Trip, The Trip to Italy or The Trip to Spain, I believe all three are on Netflix right now, and they're all very, very funny and easy to watch. You can just throw them on in the background even um, and just look up for the humor. It's it's great. Um, that's my own I really mentions. like him. Um, I think you need to watch 24-hour party people. I wish I had my copy still. I think someone mm. – Borrowed it and never gave it back because um, Coogan is fantastic in it. Dang it. I really do need to see. I need to see more of his stuff. But, yeah. Have you seen any of the trips? No, but I need to. Maybe I recommend I'll, 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 sure. fire, I'll fire one up as I'm fiddling I around after this. I think that one of them is at least on Netflix. I think all of them are. I just watched the, the most okay, recent I one. I just is, saw one uh, on there. I think the most recent one's Spain. Um, and I just watched that one. But uh, I watched the trip and trip to Italy during the hurricane last year. I had them downloaded on my iPad and watched them um, and was very nice. pleased. It kind of distracted me from the the lack of power. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Corey, what are your honorable mentions? Romy and Michelle. Oh, that's a good Ooh. one. I have Chewie and Han, C-3PO and R2-D2, Woody and Buzz, and Matt and Kara Ethel from Pizza. Oh, Woody and Buzz is a real good one. I like that. Um what, from pizza? Oh, uh, Matt and Kara Ethel from the movie Pizza. I it's don't know the, that. I know. I've talked about it before, and I didn't know it was a made-for-TV movie. Ah, okay. Um, but I bought it on DVD. I bought it because Ethan Embry's in it. Ah, there you go. All oh, right. Well, there you go. That's why. Yep. Mike, yeah. what do you got? All right. I have The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson from The Other Guys. Oh, nice. Even though it's only for a small bit. Even though they're not the main characters, they, they may play a main part in the film. Ed Norton and Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Consider that. 
Yeah, that, that I felt that was too obvious, so I didn't go with it. Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. Yep. Uh, we talked Harrison Ford and Peter Mayhew from Star Wars already. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes in any of the Viewers Universe mm-hmm. films. And rounding out my second appearance of Samuel L. Jackson with John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. I considered that for sure. I just I felt like the movie wasn't about their their relationship, so I didn't include it in my list. But I mean, I love those two characters together, so I I I've had to talk myself out of including them um, in in honorable mentions or on the list. But yeah, I'm glad they got brought up because Jules and um, Vinny are awesome. So, all right, folks, that is another episode of Top 5 Movies. Um, we'd love to hear your dynamic duos. Who did we leave off? Is there anything we left out? Um, I feel like there was one that inspired this list before Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I could not recall while making my list, and I was really frustrated. I'm like, there's one that I just saw that I really want, and I cannot think of what it is. Um, there's so many. Uh, there's so many. Again, this is what hits you personally. It doesn't necessarily have to be the best movie, but what's the best dynamic duo? You can hit us up contact at burkreviews.com contact at burkreviews.com or follow us on social media i am at burkreviews Corey at Corey r star two r's on the end and mikey at server monkey and until next time folks keep watching movies 